0: Is to some degree a, a controversial uh, area. It's not one of these primary doctrines. If someone would deny the Trinity or the deity of the Lord Jesus, of course, we take great issue with that. Uh, but there are areas such as baptism, church government, and views on the Lord's return, and I think to some degree on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, where people have different views. People committed to the authority of Scripture. Uh, seeking to bring out what they see as the truths uh, of that, and yet uh, different uh, areas and different views come out. For many, the filling of the Spirit is an equivalent term to the baptism of the Spirit. For example, in Acts 1.5, Jesus says, uh, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days hence. And not many days after, ten days after that, uh, we read of the uh, pouring out of the Spirit in Acts and they were all filled with the Spirit. So the Lord said you'll be baptised with the Spirit and they were filled with the Spirit. It is true that a baptism of the Spirit is a filling but the converse is not true. Uh, A filling is not necessarily the baptism. Uh, My wife it's a lady, but not all ladies are my wife. Uh, so we have to see how we use uh, that expression. There are only two actual references uh, as to the baptism of the Spirit: one in Acts five, we mentioned uh, there, and the one we read in Ephesians chapter uh, five. We are never commanded to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We are commanded to seek the filling of the Holy Spirit. The you have any other references in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, where Paul says, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. And that was not an experience for the super-believers. Uh, we're well aware of the many problems in the church in uh, Corinth. And yet he says, you're all baptized in one Spirit. So we believe that is an experience uh, that all believers have. The baptism of the Spirit. Let's see then first of all the biblical use of the term filling or fullness. There are 15 references in the New Testament. um, Mostly descriptions of that. Four references in the Gospel. There are four people who are said to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, John the Baptist, Uh, Elizabeth, Zechariah, and Jesus. And then in the uh, Acts, uh, individuals or groups are said to be full of the Spirit or filled with the Spirit. But it's not an experience that is permanent and automatically maintained. For example, in Acts 2, we read they were all filled with the Spirit, the disciples, on that day of Pentecost. And then in Acts 4.8, we read of Peter getting up and Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit. The suggestion is he was not necessarily continually filled with the Spirit. And in verse 31, after they prayed following the threat against the, the believers, they prayed and the place of it to gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Clearly it was a repetitive experience, not a Continuous experience, and it's important that we uh, see that. Remember the qualifications for uh, deacons in Acts 6, verse 3, uh, when the apostles say, Brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We read that they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Clearly not all were qualified to be deacons. Uh, suggested is that not all or filled with the Holy Spirit. So clearly, not every believer, I say, is continuously filled. And it's important to grasp that because of the danger of pride. I can think of one particular experience uh, when a man is a preacher of the Word and he wasn't claiming it for himself, uh, but he was saying that his wife had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and that somehow it a, a, a level above ordinary believers and uh, seemed seem to uh, feel it was something ongoing that you would never uh, lose, which is a, a dangerous position you can be very proud, can not you? I've baptised with the Spirit and uh, that makes me better than you, higher uh, Christian uh, level than other uh, believers We need to see that there is, as often been stated One baptism, but many fillings. We are baptized in the Spirit when we are converted, and yet there may be many fillings, because sadly we do not maintain that experience of the Spirit of God, and we need refilling. And that's what we see in the Word of God. That's what we are to seek. Indeed, we are commanded to seek. The main text that I would speak on tonight is Ephesians 5.18, where Paul says, "Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit." A command to be filled with the Spirit. Well, what is this filling of the Spirit? Some would say that when we are filled, we have more of the Spirit. But can we have a percentage of God, of the Holy Spirit? Uh, can we divide up uh, the Spirit? Uh, To say today I have 60% of the spirit, tomorrow I'm more spiritual, I have 75% of the spirit. That's horrible to, uh, to think about that. Think of it in another way. Take a glass, half full of water. Now you fill it to the top. You can view that in two ways. You can say that glass has more water in it, or you could say that more of the glass is filled. And surely that's the way it is with the Spirit of of God. Uh, When we're filled with the Spirit, uh, it's not that we have more of the Spirit, but He has more of us. Uh, He fills us, and we are uh, controlled, dominated by uh, the Holy Spirit. It's important to see that. So what is the filling of the Spirit? Well, let's look at Ephesians 5, 18. And you notice in this passage... Uh, there is a comparison between wine and the spirit. Uh, verse 18, do not get drunk with wine, that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. I think the a suggestion there. There is both a contrast and a parallel. There's a contrast because he's saying don't lose control. People who have too much wine, they get drunk, they lose control of themselves and can be led into all kinds of uh, wickedness, debauchery, but rather than be filled with the Spirit, and that leads to a disciplined, controlled life. There's also a parallel. A person filled with wine is strongly influenced by it. Well, we're aware of that, aren't we? Uh, it controls them. But we need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. He needs to be the dominant force in our lives. When we are filled with the Spirit He controls us more fully. So what is the effect of the Spirit's filling? Because there are those that say the indication, mark of the baptism of the Spirit is speaking in tongues. We would, of course, differ uh, with that view. Of the 15 references that we mentioned only one mentions tongues. But other things are mentioned. For example, there is a a bold witness in Acts uh, chapter 4, verse 8. Peter, filled with the Spirit, said, and he preached the word uh, boldly to those who were uh, around him. That uh, corresponds to Acts 1, doesn't it? To be filled with the Spirit and go and be uh, witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts. Of the world. Why are we so fearful of witnessing? Uh, we fear what people might uh, think of us. We fear we might upset them uh, if we start talking about sin. And so there's a strong emphasis on uh, friendship evangelism, uh, when instead of sort of charging in and, and uh, confronting them with a need to be uh, converted, born again, we, we just get friendly with them and uh, the danger of that is of course we just get so friendly we, we fear to bring the gospel to them and uh, again the, the, the gospel is often uh, neglected to witness we need courage we need power we need the filling of the Holy Spirit so when we are filled that is one thing Carl was mentioning this morning he uh, had the joy of a, a new uh, born baby Willing to, uh, to tell others about it. And the same is so often true, isn't it? When we're, when we're newly converted, we want to tell everyone. I remember when I was converted, I was in Singapore, uh, I wrote letters to everyone in my family. And we had a good sized family. I was expecting tear stained letters back, and I never had a single reply. Uh, but uh, we do need to challenge them, and it needs some boldness to do that. The Spirit of God will give it to us. Joy is another result of the filling of the Spirit. Uh, Acts 13.52, the disciples are filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. There is that joy, that delight in the things of God when we're filled uh, with uh, the Spirit. It goes together with uh, Luke uh, 10.21, in the same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. So those too often uh, go uh, together, that joy and filling of the Holy Spirit. It's easy to write of others who are joyful as light and flippant. There's a danger of that. You someone is perhaps uh, very uh, vocally uh, praising the Lord or seems uh, so uh, cheerful and we can write them off as being rather shallow. Um, mm. But perhaps we need to Trade some of our soundness of theology uh, with their uh, joy. We need a balance, don't we? We need sound theology. need to, to be rooted in the Word of God, but we also need the joy that comes from that relationship uh, with the Lord. Paul says in Romans 14:17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of, uh, of where was this, this verse, not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Assurance is another uh, area uh, that comes to us not uh, directly linked in uh, the filling of the Spirit with assurance but there, there is a definite link there in uh, Romans 8, 15, 16 the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we have children of God and if children and heirs heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ that witness of the Spirit what are the marks of assurance uh, that we uh, recognize and the Spirit brings that, that assurance of our salvation as we have that joy, that experience of the Spirit uh, working in our lives. And fourthly, holiness. He is the Holy Spirit. and We must not forget that. Uh, holiness is perhaps the most significant uh, result of the filling of the Spirit. Jesus obviously was filled with the Spirit, mentions that in John 3 uh, 34. But the only specific reference to Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit uh, is in Luke 4 1, where we read Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. It's striking, isn't it? Uh, the only time specifically we're told that Jesus was filled uh, with the Spirit Uh, he was led into the desert to be tempted by the devil so the filling of the Spirit doesn't necessarily mean some glowing, spine-tingling experience Uh, primarily it's power and grace to overcome temptation and live a godly life it's our great need, isn't it? Need of the Holy Spirit to live a godly life. People can speak in tongues without the Spirit, but they can't resist the devil without the Spirit. Someone can preach a good sermon without the Spirit, but you can't be Christ like without the Spirit. How are we making out of a battle with sin? Uh, are we conscious of the Lord's help as we seek to be holy seek to be obedient to his word seek to be um, bringing glory to his name now the construction of Ephesians 5 is uh, I think very uh, important notice that he says uh, be filled with the spirit and then linked with that are four what we call dependent participles. A participle, a word, is an -ing word. Uh, but there are four participles here linked to the command to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, verse 19, addressing one another, psalms, hymn, a spiritual song, it's really fellowship there. Singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart, worship, singing there. Giving thanks, being the R-N-G, giving thanks, thankfulness, is one of the results of the filling of the Spirit. And then the last one here is submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And the reason I read a fairly lengthy passage afterwards dealing with uh, husbands and wives, parents and children, masters and servants, uh, is because these are four areas where submission is involved. Uh, so that comes out of the uh, command to be filled with a spirit. And last one, that's submitting to one another. So again, important to see uh, these things. So that is spirit-filled living, not speaking in tongues or ecstatic visions. Uh, although some can be overwhelmed uh, emotionally. We see that in times of revival uh, people sometimes falling down so overwhelmed uh, with a sense of the presence of God the power of God and their emotions uh, affects them in that way uh, one of the great preachers of the uh, 18th century was Daniel Rowlands the Welsh preacher and uh, quite often people were so thrilled with the, the gospel and the power changing their lives uh, they jumped up and down jumped for joy some of the English brothers thought that was a bit much. And uh, Roland wrote them a letter. They said, you will speak of us Welsh people, jumpers, jumpers. But I say to you, sleepers, sleepers. And it's a contrast between the English and uh, the Welsh. So sometimes uh, the filling of the Spirit does bring emotional uh, responses and even physical uh, responses. But the main thing here is living... Is <coughs> In a right relationship with God and our fellow men. Well, third main point how can we experience the filling of the Spirit? Get your notebooks out, three simple points. Uh, No, it doesn't work that way. There's something very interesting here. In the Christian life, the filling of the Spirit is obviously very important, we need it. For effective witness, for joy, for holiness, and mean the Spirit's power. Now, that being so, you might expect the Apostle Paul and the other Apostles to really labour that point in every epistle the need to be filled with the Spirit. But how many times do you get that exhortation? Just once. Now, does that mean it's not as important as I'm trying to be? Uh, trying to make out, or or is it that the Apostle says the same thing in different ways? And I believe that is uh, the case. Another point we might make here is that we are inclined to link the filling of the Spirit with revival, and there's a real danger And certainly some areas of the Church, especially in England, uh, we've seen that. Uh, Revival is a sovereign work of God. We can't produce it, so all we have to do is pray. We can do nothing more than pray. And uh, perhaps there is a little uh, more that we can do. The filling of the Spirit is our responsibility. This uh, verse here, be filled with the Spirit, is an imperative. He's not even saying, Pray to be filled with the Spirit, he's saying, Be filled with the Spirit. It's an imperative there, and it's a present continuous. Keep on being filled with the Spirit. And I do believe there are several equivalent terms to this. Uh, let me suggest them just fairly quickly. Romans 8:13, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So it doesn't actually refer there to the filling of the Spirit, but by the Spirit, we need to mortify sin. Put to death the deeds of the body. Romans 12, 1 and 2. The Spirit is not mentioned here, but really it's the essential thing that he's looking for. I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. It amounts to the same thing, that yieldedness to the Lord. Second, 1 Corinthians 7 1, since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Okay, in Galatians 5, verse 16, I say, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And of course, we are familiar with the passage in verses 22 to 25. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, if we live by the Spirit, let us all keep in, also keep in step with the Spirit. So there are these and, and many more uh, verses that we could uh, bring out that really amount to the, uh, the same thing. It's a matter of walking closely to the Lord, obeying Him, being devoted, being yielded. Not all these things only come about by the Spirit of God. Everything in our lives of value is brought about by the Spirit of God. We rejoice that our salvation is a Trinitarian work, uh, chosen by God the Father, redeemed by God the Son, the Lord Jesus, but we're quickened, we're enabled, and as believers we live by the power of the Holy Spirit. In keeping our first love, the exhortation in letters in Revelation, uh, rebuking the church of Ephesus for leaving their first love. We are filled with the spirit of conversion. We need to keep that, to maintain that spirit. So in practical terms, to maintain or regain the filling of the spirit, what can we say? Well, we must not grieve him. Paul says, do not grieve the spirit of God. For whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then again, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, don't quench the Spirit. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. There's a danger uh, there. And how can that happen? How can we grieve the Spirit? How can we quench the Spirit? Well, by ignoring, by neglecting His influences. Sanctification is progressive, and the Lord shows us things that need to be dealt with. Every time he's send under a sermon, there should be something that challenges you. You say, well, I need to put that into practice. I need to respond to that. And uh, if we neglect that, we are grieving the Spirit. Because the preaching of the Word is designed to sanctify us, to make us more like the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of God moves us in that direction. If we ignore that we grieve or quench the Spirit. We won't make progress unless we deal with these things. We mortify them. And that again is being led by the Spirit according to Romans 8, 13, 14. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We love to think of being led by the Spirit in some mysterious way the Lord prompts us to do different things or go certain places or say uh, certain things. Uh, But the essence here of being children of God, being led by the Spirit, uh, is mortifying sin. Putting sin to death. Dealing with sin in our lives. That is being filled with the Spirit. Walking in. In holiness. And then there's a the positive side of this to maintain or regain the filling of the Spirit. Uh, we must remember the Spirit lives within, and in a sense, we're his house. And not ours. First Corinthians 6:19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Those who advocate abortion say, my body's my own to do what I like with it.